and uh, nothing like free labor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know you're going to get, you know, teased once in a while, right? I can handle it too. He's, he's got some good zingers too. I mean, and what I like about him, he's very respectful, so I never have to worry about it. Amen. He is. He is. There's, it's a great, I love my church. I know it's not mine, but I love this place. I think I'm going to stick around and I'm going to see what God can do. If you're wondering if I'm getting antsy and want to leave and, uh, you know, if you're wondering if I want to, oh, sell my house and take a job at some great big uh, huge church and pastor a corporation or something, forget all that. You're stuck with me. Until you get rid of me, you're stuck. Amen. Amen. Appreciate your excitement about that. And I'm, <laughs> wow, I better get in the message before this goes south, right? All right, amen. Get your Bible out, and I want to uh, bring out a little bit of um, just, well, I, I want to give you a reason why the heathen rage tonight. All right, let's go to Psalm number two. Hold your place, let's pray. And uh, I want you and I tonight to, uh, when we get going in the morning, see, actually the first day of the week is today, uh, haven't had much of, a, much of trouble with anybody today, been in church all day. But tomorrow you might run into somebody with a kind of a bad attitude. How many say they're out there? Yeah. Uh, but, but, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your boss if, if they're, uh, you know, uh, cantankerous and, angry and unsaved and it's uh, there's there's a reason why all this is going to happen but I want to I want to show you something tonight and then give you something to think about because I know that the Bible tells us that um, it, evil evil men shall wax worse and worse at the same time we grow in grace don't we God gets closer and closer to that day when he's going to take us home at the same time, they're getting closer and closer and closer to the day when if they don't get saved, they're going to get judged. Boy, Sunday school is awesome this morning. I, I just thank God for that. That, that, was odd. that one truth about how that, um, the actual judgment for some people is just to continue in their lifestyle. And it just, it just, that's judgment enough, just the failure of how they live. And uh, boy, aren't you glad God still has his hand stretched out to everybody. He, you know, he, has, he's not, he hasn't stopped saving people. He still wants to save people. And until he says that's enough, he's always going to be saving people. Psalm 2, let's pray. Father, help us tonight. Give us something to think about that will change our lives and help us to love you more. Give us a great night in church and thank you for the tremendous amount of people that come. And, uh, Lord, we pray and thank you for the spirit that you've given our church. We thank you for the wonderful people that are here. Bless those that couldn't make it. Bless those that are out of town and traveling and whatnot. And just be with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Psalm 2. Um, <clears throat> you know, the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. And they're akin to this. Look at verse 1. David says, why do the heathen rage? They're raging right now. 
and the people imagine a, a vain thing. Heathen are people that don't know the Lord. They rage. Uh, it's sad, but they have imaginations of empty, empty things that don't mean anything. Um, I did a little study on Greek mythology. Boy, you talk about imagining a vain thing. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth <clears throat> set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Now, verses 1 through 3 teaches us that <clears throat> there's, a, there's a lot of organized, um, I guess, counsel against God. Uh, there's a lot, there's, there's people that get together. How can we get rid of, 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 of a certain type of regulation? By, by the way, there's regulations and there's laws all over this world. And in our country, we have laws and regulations that are good for us. And you know, we get our laws and regulations from God. We really did get the Ten Commandments from God. Did you know that if you just had the Ten Commandments, just ten of them, and everybody in America followed those as best they could, do you realize what would happen to our nation? It would, it would thrive. And, and, and that all, that's not even yet for people that are saved. In other words, those, those Ten Commandments were for every nation under heaven. Every nation. Uh, no matter who, those ten, those ten Commandments were given to the Jews, given to uh, Moses. But those, that's what God said. You want to be a happy person. You want to have a great life. Follow these Ten Commandments. It's just the basic underlying building blocks for any society. So there's, there's a lot of laws in different uh, places. For instance, there's... Um, there's laws in uh, non-Christian nations against stealing. Would that, is that a good law? Thou shalt not covet. There's, uh, there's laws against murder in a lot of nations have that, right? Just think if they did all ten of them. But there's, there's people that sit in council. How, how, we, how do we get this out of our life? How do we get this influence away? And they're, they're meeting. Uh, they are the kings of the earth in verse number two. They set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So then we have a society that there's, there's wonderful people all over society that love God. You'll meet Christians sometimes and you'll find out somebody's saved, somebody knows the Lord. It'll be a joy to you. It'll be a, a wonderful, by the way, wherever you're working you know, you can, you can find out who, who in this place is a Christian. Nothing wrong with that. So there's those folks. But then there's also an underground uh, uh, council. There's, a, there's, there's meetings. There's, there's people that would love to take the, uh, the Judeo-Christian uh, ethics out of society. For instance, in our own nation, we've, we've seen uh, the... the Congress and the Senate and different people get together and uh, adjudicate out of their society the laws. So for instance, did you know that all those scriptures uh, that are printed on many of our, our uh, federal courts, you realize that there's the people that would like to just get, there, get rid of that 
and get that, get that. There's people who want to take in God we trust off the money and, and get it out of society. And, and, the, and the Bible's true. Why do the heathen rage? Why do the people imagine a vain thing? It's, it's, it's happening all around us. It's always been that way. But the, the problem is that we don't have the power to stop it. Um, <clears throat> the fool had said in his heart, there's no God. And that we should not hear people say out loud, we, we hear the hearts of people who riot and murder. In other words, what they don't, wanna, what, what they don't want us to say, they, they, they have things that they're saying. They don't want the preaching of God's word, but their message is getting out loud and clear. And people, they actually say with their actions. They might not say, I hate God. They might not say, we don't want the Bible. We might, we might not hear people say that with their mouth, but we sure see it in society today. There's a lot of people that would like to get rid of anything having to do with God or church. And so I, I'm, I, I say, let's go on the offense. Let's go on the offense. Let's, let's you and I, let's go forward. Uh, how many agree that we don't have any apostles in the world today? There are no more apostles. They all passed away. What's left then? You and me. Christian brothers and sisters. We, we carry on the work of the apostles. We meet together and we praise the Lord. Other people meet together, try to get rid of the Bible. There's people in America who want to get rid of the Bible. I mean, they would, they would really love to have no more church, no more church. In fact, I think some of that is being done already in the commands and in the orders and, and different people. There's people would like to say, no more talking about Jesus, no more talking about the Bible. That's hate speech. Listen, there's not, there's not one bit of hate speech in the Bible. There's not one bit of racism in the Bible. It's all for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I know, I know that it sounds crazy, but <clears throat> just to read the Bible, in some areas people would say, oh, that, that's hate speech and that, that's a crime. Um, telling somebody that homosexuality is a sin, it's wrong. Uh, people are getting fired because of that in different locations. People are having to be real quiet and underground. Why do the heathen rage? Did you know I read an article where in San Diego recently, a lady, uh, she had a can of mace, and she saw a couple sitting at a park bench eating, which is, is perfectly legal. It was a dog park, and uh, I guess they had a puppy. I don't know, but the, the, the man and the wife were sitting at a table, and the lady saw that they didn't have a mask on and you can't have a mask on while you're eating anyway and she went over and she sprayed mace in their faces mace and why it's just a horrible act and uh, there's there's all kinds of things going on you know with the riots and all that and people are just raging mad about what are they mad about well i believe that it's all natural and it's it's just it's in their hearts you know, when somebody's not saved, all they have is the flesh to guide them. And like I said this morning, we're spiritual people. They have a different spirit. They have a spirit of antichrist. And remember this morning we said that if you have the Lord Jesus in you, you have the Holy Spirit. Why do the heathen rage? 
because they don't have the Lord. They, their, their motivation is nothing but flesh and satanic influence. Boy, we need to win people to Christ. We need to talk to people more. Now, <clears throat> we always have to keep in mind that God and a Christian, when you add God and a Christian together, that makes a majority. Did you know that? You could have a stadium of people that hate God and you take one Christian that loves the Lord and God and that is a majority. Let's look at, uh, look at this, Romans chapter 8. Let's go there quickly. Romans chapter 8 tells us that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. If God be for us, who can be against us? Nobody can be against us if, if we're saved. It's, a, it's an encouraging thing to know that while, while we have so much uh, de devastation in the world today and uh, even our precious American country and the fabric of our nation is beginning to unravel a little bit and deteriorate. Uh, by the way, you better pray for your president. You better pray. You know why? Because I really do think that he loves America. I haven't seen a, a president uh, very often go over to the American flag and embrace it and hug it. That alone makes me want to vote for him. All right. All right. Doesn't take much, does it? All right. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse number 31. I'm an easy guy. Uh, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What would be the answer to that question? No one. If God's for us, who can be against us? The answer? No one. No one, no person, no group can possibly beat God. And if you and I have God with us, we are going to win. I read the end of the book, by the way. We do win. I like the score at the end. The devil, nothing. Christians, name it. He that spared not his own son, verse 32, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is, it, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, watch it, who also maketh intercession for us. Now I ask you, based upon those words you just heard, is a Christian perfect? Is, is he condemnable though? According to this verse, it says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea rather. In other words, all your sins are forgiven. You can't be judged now according to the, 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 the unsaved uh, judgment. Your judgment and my judgment as Christians, will be different than the unsaved world. We're not heathen. We're not, we're not outcast heathen that have no God. We get, we get to be judged on the merits of Christ Jesus. It is He who we stand before one day, and we're going to answer to God the Father through Christ Jesus. We stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, have you ever had anybody tell you this? Oh, you Christians, you think... You think you can just go ahead and do anything you want. And you think it's just all you got to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart. You think it's all that easy where all you have to do is receive him into your heart. And presto changeo, you're saved and you're going to go to heaven. Guess what? That's exactly right. 
That's exactly right. It is he who died on the cross for us. His blood was shed for all your sins. And if God be for us, who could be against us? You know what one of the names of the devil is? The accuser. Constantly accusing Christians before God. It's amazing. You'd think he'd get tired of it. Oh, I saw a Christian that did a bad thing. I know a Christian that didn't act like they were a Christian. I know a Christian that doesn't go to church. I know a Christian that got put in jail. I know a Christian that did this and did that. And listen, all day long, his name is blasphemed. And uh, boy, you Christians need to live right. Right, amen? But the fact is, the problem with the heathen is they, they would accuse us and we don't know what to do about it. We don't know. We don't know. But God does. He says, leave my child alone. I've taken care of his sins. I've taken care of her. She's mine. It's a wonderful thing to be saved. But the heathen rage. Oh, they're jealous down deep. Don't you know that? Heathen are jealous of us. When they see a happy marriage, they look and say, there's a difference between their marriage and mine. If they look at a happy child, they look at... They look at uh, maybe something that they don't have. Christians are very special people. They are very uh, blessed. And uh, there's so much envy in the world today. But you know what I always say? People want what we have. They just don't want to be what we are. They want what God has done for us. They want the peace that passes all understanding. They want that relationship with God. They want, But they don't want to be what we are. You can't have God unless you accept his son. You can't, you can't be happy and joyful and peaceful inside unless you become a person that is called a Christian, saved. No matter how evil, no matter how insane rulers get and unbelievers get, boy, they're, they're going crazy out there. I believe this, God will always bring us to his side. He'll bring us close. We are the sheep of his pasture and he loves us and he will protect us look with me uh, Psalm 34 would you turn there real quick the heathen are raging and that shouldn't stop us from smiling and, and being happy it shouldn't stop us from having a sweet spirit I'm going to tell you a story uh, <laughs> I got a lot of stories, um, but look at Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. We were out soul winning, oh, a few years back. I remember this because it stuck out. I was talking to a Jewish man on the third floor of apartment complex, and down on the, the, the uh, ground floor, somebody had their window open, and they were listening to our conversation because the courtyard was, was easy to hear somebody else's conversation. So their window was open. I had no idea who was down there. And as I was talking to the Jewish man, I was praising him because I love Jewish people. And I was saying how much God loves Jewish people because our Bible came from the Jewish people and Jesus was a Jewish man and the Jewish people were persecuted and they're... Uh, people trying to wipe them out since the day they got started. They tried to kill them all in, in Egypt and Hitler. and the, the, the whole world wants to get rid of the Jewish people. To this day, they want to get rid of them. 
And I was just telling them how glad I was to meet a Jewish person. I was trying to gently tell them about the Lord. And I was, uh, I was saying a few things about how that I, I'm so glad that he's in America where he has a, a chance to be free. And, and we were just having a great conversation. And I was telling him how that Jesus was actually the, the Messiah for the Jews and they had, they had uh, rejected him. It wasn't, it wasn't controversial. It was really a wonderful conversation where we were getting along great. He was listening all of a sudden from down on that window down there, some down closer to hell. Uh, this guy screamed out of his window. How dare you quit talking about that? You, oh, he was cussing and telling me how that uh, yeah, I should uh, keep quiet. Not those kind of words, though. And he was cursing and yelling at me and he wouldn't stop. And the fellow I was talking to, he said, who is that? I go, I don't know this guy. I have no idea. But finally, uh, I, I just had to end the conversation. He wouldn't stop screaming. Uh, some of the people that were with, I think my wife heard that. Uh, it was really terrible. I mean, they were, this guy was yelling at me and threatened to call the police. And by the way, it's okay to talk. Yeah, it is okay to talk. You know, somebody can go trick or treat and we can tell the gospel to somebody, right? But anyway, there's, there's people like that. But to contrast that, I went to one house and I knocked on the door. I can't remember who was with me. But the lady was on the phone and she came to the door and answered the phone and answered the door. And she had the phone up to her face like this and talking yet to her, uh, her neighbor, her best friend. And she wouldn't put the phone down. And so it was really hard for me to have a conversation while she was talking. Yes, and yes, and yes, uh -huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, so I said, well, if she answered the door, I might as well talk. Otherwise, she would say she's busy. So obviously, she doesn't care. So I began to give her the gospel. And she said, uh, just a minute, come, come on in. So we went in. She's still on the phone. So I had to weave in the gospel around her conversation with her best friend. And while she was listening to me, she was starting to pay more attention to me than she was her friend on the phone. And uh, we sat down on the couch and she's still talking to her friend. And I, brought, I got my Bible out and I said, this is interesting. Here we go, you know, so it was a competition. Um, I said, well, as long as she's just on the phone and talking to me, obviously it's okay. So I kept talking and gave her the gospel. You know what happened? It was really sweet. She, she started listening. I could tell the Lord was working on her heart. And so finally, I got enough courage to say, um, why, don't, why don't you call her back? And she said, I'm going to call you right back. Click. And I got her full attention. Hallelujah. And I led her to Jesus. And she prayed and asked Jesus to come into her heart. And I said, call your friend back. Tell her what happened. She got on the phone, called her friend back. Hey, guess what? I just got saved. And I said, can I talk to her? <laughs> so she said, yeah. I said, yeah, this is great. All the time you were talking, I was telling her about Jesus. And she asked Jesus to come into her heart. She was rejoicing. The lady that got saved was rejoicing. And, uh, why, why would a heathen rage about that? You know, here's one guy screaming at me for telling somebody about the Lord. And then here's a lady that just said, I'll call you right back. Give me Jesus. Amen. And it worked. I mean, she got saved and she moved. So, you know what? Our church is really big. I don't know where they all are, but they're out there. 
Why do the heathen rage? My goodness. You know, uh, look at Psalm chapter 2 again. Psalm number 2, excuse me. So I, I want to give you a, a, little, a little illustration here how that, yes, we're living in a world. David had, oh my goodness, every time he turned around, the Philistines were trying to kill him. That man, that man was at war from the time he got saved until the time he died. He even tried to go out to battle as an elderly man, and they said, David, you're not going to do this anymore. You're going to die. You get back in here. He was a warrior. How many say this time we went on the offense and did a little fighting on our own? Amen? Now, we don't fight with the, the weapons of carnality. We don't grab people by the lapel and shove them up against the, the, the telephone pole and say, you either get saved or I'm never letting you go. You know, we can't do all that. We can't, we can't work that way. Our, our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And uh, every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and uh, wicked imaginations and crazy things in the world. That's why we fight evolution. That's why we fight climate change. That's, that's why we fight things that are going on. That's why, well, listen, I, I want everybody to know, I hate this nonsense about several types of genders. I'm going to fight that I, I, until I die. I don't care what they tell you. Well, there's a tadpole in a swamp that they found, and it had two genders. Yeah, but that's a tadpole. Yeah, let, leave them alone. That was a mistake. That, that's, that's corruption. Listen, I don't care if you find an amoeba. You can't figure out what gender it is. Quit, quit, quit bugging me with all that. But every baby that comes out is either male or female. There's no other way. There's no other way to look at it. We fight these things. We fight. Why? Because it's worth it. It's worth it. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. Do you realize if we don't fight this good fight of faith, we're going to be overrun by crazy people and terrible, weird, uh, just fantastic uh, fables and doctrine that come from devils. There's a lot of things in the world that people teach. Do you remember Jim Jones down in Guyana? You know what he was teaching. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Because Christians need to get up and do something about it. It is up to us. It is up to us to live for Jesus and to do the right thing. Well, you say, I'm trying, Pastor. I'm trying, and I know, and I am too. I really am. Uh, but look what happens here. About the time we can't do anything, God steps in. Look at verse number four. Lest you think God is a passive individual that never does anything about anything. Wears a long white robe with sandals, long hair. You think that's a picture of Jesus? Not mine. That's not my picture. I have a different idea of who Jesus is. He's wonderful. He's strong. And look at verse 4. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Isn't it amazing how we have a God that looks at all this, these people that counsel together and meet together and try to wipe out anything about the Lord, uh, the, the uh, synagogue of Satan, if you will. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. God, he... It must just just anger him, but it must just be. You know, there's a way to laugh sometimes. It's like, 
there's different types of laughter. You know, little children laughing when they're playing in the playground. And then there's, there's evil laughter. You know, some people laugh when they're committing uh, some kind of a sin. Uh, there's laughter in the bar rooms. You know, you can hear people partying. There's different types of laughter. And here's these people getting together trying to kick God out of the world. Now, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I can just hear God laughing. Oh, my goodness. He, he, he's not happy about it. The Lord who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on tonight? Are you on God's side? Good thing. Good thing. How'd you like to be on the heathen side? Don't, be, don't get there. He's going to vex them in his sore displeasure. He said, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me. This is talking to Jesus. He says, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Jesus is going to rule the earth with a rod of iron. You and I are on his team. We're on his side. We're related to him. We're brethren, sisters of the Lord. Thou shalt break them with the rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Oh, I wish I could preach this to all the judges in America. You know, there's some judges that shouldn't be judging. They're making some really bad mistakes. And I just wish they'd read the Bible. Ye judges, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry with, and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? Because they're not saved. Why do they do bad things? Because they don't have the Lord. Why is there rioting in San Diego, or excuse me, Seattle? And why is there rioting in New York? Why is there so much going on? Because they don't know the Lord. They don't have Jesus as their Savior. They missed it. Somebody didn't bring them to Sunday school when they were boys and girls. I myself grew up in a trailer park. We never had anybody come and invite me to church. We never, we had a family section with, I don't know, there must have been 20 or 30 kids living in that section. I know I would have got on a bus. I know I would have went to Sunday school. I was glad when the two times in my life we went to Sunday school. Once when I was four years old, and then once when I was about 18. Uh, and then I don't even count the Catholic Mass because all we did was get up and sit down and get up and sit down and get up and sit down. I don't even count that as Sunday school. Those are knee exercises. <laughs> you don't get anything. Then you got to be real quiet. you got to whisper. And uh, Anyway, uh, if a kid's confused, it's the wrong place. If kids are loved and little boys and girls, get, they feel... At liberty, that's, that's a good place. If kids are loved by the adults in church, then they're not told to be quiet. No, no, listen, listen. Let's, let's love the little guys, amen? Let's teach them about Jesus. One day, 
in San Diego, I had a bus route. I brought my bus route to, or no, this was after that. But anyway, I was in charge of junior church. And one of these guys um, and in junior church, he was just frustrated with one of the riders. Little boy, I can't remember his name. I'll just call him Jimmy. I thought his name was Jimmy. Anyway, oh, he's about this high. Just troubled little boy. And uh, he, I, I was the guy that went around to the Sunday school classes and took care of discipline problems. And, and we, would, we would try to help, you know. And this one teacher gets his kid by the scruff of the collar and he brings him out and he says, I've had it with this kid. He's not coming back. I'm kicking him out. I want him to take home. And he's not going to come back. And I said, well, let me, let me talk to him. He said, nope, no, nope, I'm done with him. I said, well, if I have anything to do with it, he's going to stay. Just give me some time with him. He said, here, have him. Oh, he just lost all patience with this old boy. I took him on an empty bus, and I sat him down, and I locked the door. And I sat him down, and I said, Jimmy, I said, you're not leaving this bus until you and me are friends. And he was breathing hard and sweating and red-faced. and You know how kids can get. Uh, you know how adults can get. And uh, he was all mad. And so I couldn't get anywhere with him. He kept arguing with me. And I said, we're not leaving this bus. I'm telling him to keep you here all day long until we're buddies. And finally, I, I just felt like, now I wouldn't do this nowadays because you, 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 you could get arrested for it, but I, I gave him a hug. I just, I just leaned over and I said, come here. I just gave him a big hug. And he started crying. He calmed down. And I opened the door. We were buddies. He went back to class. I said, let's, let's not kick him out. Just stay right here. And it was, really, it was really wonderful because it worked. I was like, man, if he calls my bluff, I'm never getting dinner. I was, this is going to be a long day. But we, we, uh, we ended up buddies. And from that time on, we were friends. Every time I saw him, he was uh, just, you know, I think just people need Sunday school. They need the Lord. They need, uh, they need a friend. Why do the heathen rage? Because they don't have the Lord. They don't know God. They don't know the Bible. Oh, our country has kicked the Bible out of everything. You know, the rulers, uh, look at uh, Psalm number 2. We're going to finish up here, but look at this. The uh, kings, verse number 2, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. Wow, what a dumb thing to do. That's absolutely insane. But it, it does happen. Remember Pharaoh? He said, who's the Lord? I don't know who that is. Who, who, who's, who's the Lord? Remember Nebuchadnezzar? Boy, he didn't he learn the hard way. He had his fingernails. He, he, he lost his uh, fingernail clippers. And, and, and he, he, ate, he ate health food. That's why you ought to stay away from that stuff. <laughs> he ate barley greens, brother. You might as well lift up the lawnmower and grab a chunk. You know, that's... That's, that's all that stuff is. He learned the hard way to fight against God. Oh, my goodness. But Nebuchadnezzar, he finally praised God. Then King Darius, Belteshazzar, all these people, Alexander the Great, Caesar Augustus, Nero, Caligula, Vespasian, Lenin, Stalin, Hitler, Mussolini. I could go on. Ho Chi Minh, Pol Pot, uh, Idi Amin, Ceausescu, 
Ahab, Jezebel, Rehoboam. You got a big list of people that just, they hated God. And let me tell you something right now in American government, we got a lot of people that hate God. You're not going to get rid of that. So what do we do? Well, let the heathen rage. You and I, we fight the good fight of faith. Nobody, nobody like the uh, Israelites had ever been through what they've been. You know, our country's so young. How old are we? 240 or what are we? I can't do the math that fast. Just need a little help. We're 200 and... Thank you. 244 years old. That's nothing compared to the Jews. I mean, they wandered in the, in the wilderness for 40 years, and they had, there was a space of 400 years and another space. They've been, they've been in existence for thousands of years. How do they make it? How do they, God carries them through. How are we going to make it? God's going to carry us through. Look at with me real quickly, uh, Joshua. I love the book of Joshua. And I love what God said here. Sometimes I just like going back to remember what happened in the days of Joshua. Um, <clears throat> now, in chapter 13, Joshua says in, in verse number 1 of chapter 13, Joshua was old and stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years. <laughs> what happened? Did I miss something? Huh? Did I miss something? Ah, it's better down there than up here. Anyway, Joshua was old and stricken in years. And the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years. That's what you're laughing about. Uh, <laughs> and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. This is the land that you remaineth. And he goes down and he lists all the land that they had, had failed to uh, conquer yet. Verse 7. Now, therefore, divide this land for an inheritance unto mine tribes, nine tribes, and the half-tribe Manasseh. So he's dividing out all this land. Look at, uh, look at verse number uh, 12. And all the kingdom of Og in Bashan, which reigneth in Ashtaroth and in Edrei, who remaineth of the remnant of the giants, for these did Moses smite and cast them out. So we have this remnant of the giants. Wow. My goodness. We're going to, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see the remnant of the giants. Uh, David's going to start fighting a few of them. Amen? So, listen, it's always going to be there. The heathen are always there. But look at this now. Look at chapter 14. This is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. Here Caleb and Joshua... When Moses went, you know, and, and uh, uh, we're beginning to uh, tell the people that we're going to go in and uh, go into the promised land, they sent spies in there and they brought back all the fruit. And they found out this is unbelievable. They had a, a, a cluster of grapes on a pole between two men's shoulders. That's a big bunch of grapes. That's huge. One cluster so big you had to have a pole to pick it up in between two people. Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. The other ten said, no, we can't. We can't make it. Well, you know the story. After 40 years, now it's time to divide up the land. 
And I love this story. If you'll turn with me to uh, Joshua chapter number 14, verse 5. Now, it says, As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. And the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, there's Caleb, Joshua's buddy, when they were teenagers. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land and brought him word again as it was uh, in mine heart. So how old was Caleb when he was sent out to spy? Forty years old, right? How long were they in the wilderness? Forty years. So how old is Caleb? He's 80-something, isn't he? Here's an 80-year-old man talking to Joshua. He's 80. Anybody know what happens when you're 80? You're not 20 anymore. That's what happens. And it's happening to me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not 20 anymore. Look at this now. Watch. Here's an 80-year-old here's uh, uh, friend of, of Moses, or excuse me, Joshua, Caleb. Now he says in verse 8, Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. This is Caleb talking. I followed the Lord. And Moses swear on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these 40 and 5 years. So how old is he now? 85 years old. This is getting exciting. Well, I tell you what, I plan to have quite a kick when I'm 85. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. How old is that? You know what God's trying to do? He's trying to tell us that he's 85. <laughs> and if you can't do the math, I'll help you. 85 years old. Amen. And look what he said. I love this. Verse 11. As yet I am strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. Well, he might have been strong in spirit, but I bet you his 85-year-old bones were not as quite as strong. But he thought he was, didn't he? Are you with me? As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Man, he said, let's have it out. Let's go to war if we have to. Let's fight it out. God was with us then. He's given me strength. Let's go get him. At 85 years old, Caleb wanted to go back and conquer the land. He still had the same spirit he had when he said, Come on, everybody, quit whining about it. God's with it. Look at the grapes we've got. What, God, look at, these, look at these grapes God made. You don't, that's the Lord. Come on. Oh, we're not grasshoppers. Come on, let's go. We can do it. And Joshua said, Yeah, come on. Oh, don't, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. Oh, God said, I saw those two guys right there. I saw it. And you know what happened? God blessed them. Look at this. Verse 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain 
whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. You'd see his fighting spirit was there at 85 years old. I love this guy. I hope God gives me a little, a little uh, oomph when I'm that old. 85, let's go to war. We can drive them out. He still believed God, didn't he? And Joshua blessed him and gave him unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. I want to tell you tonight, God's got some great plans for us. I want to just encourage you, wholly follow the Lord with all your heart. Have the same attitude. Let the heathen rage. And the people imagine a vain thing. We don't have to catch all that spirit. Let's serve God. Keep going. Keep going. We ought to sing, I want that mountain. Look at one, one more verse now and we're done. Hey, uh, Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51, I promise. This is it. Isaiah chapter 51. What a tremendous God we serve. He says in verse 11, there's a song that goes with this. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I love that song. Maybe one day we'll pass it out. But Lester Roloff had it. The girls were singing in his girls' home. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. That's a beautiful song. I hope you get to, get to learn it. That's the end for the Christian. I say, whatever's going on in Seattle, Minneapolis, New York, and any city that we haven't mentioned, maybe, maybe places where it's going to pop up, all this rioting and brick throwing. And My goodness, you know what I would do if I was mayor? Can I just tell you? All right, I got, I got one minute. And you know what I'd do if I was mayor? I'd stop all that nonsense. And I'd put everybody that had a brick in their hand, I'd throw them in jail. Do you know you can kill somebody with a brick? Do you know a bottle of ice water can kill somebody? I'm telling you, man, if they, if they haul off and throw a brick, it, I, I, think they ought to, if, it, I think they ought to be shot. You say, that's rough. No, no, no. I, I'm, the, I'm the police officer. The brick is coming my way. I'm going to get killed by somebody throwing a brick at me. It's a lethal weapon. These police officers, you don't hand them a big shield. You know, that's for bananas and, and, and rotten apples and stuff. That, that doesn't really do a whole lot. I mean, how do you stop all this stuff? Throw them in jail, every one of them. Okay, but the heathen are raging, and I, I wish I could stop it. But what are we going to do? Well, the Lord shall laugh and have them in derision and vex them in his sore displeasure. We better 
Give the gospel out and live for Jesus. Amen. Let's pray, pray tonight. Let's, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, tonight we pray and thank you for just giving us the difference between the heathen and the saved. We do love those folks. We love our enemies. We want them to trust Christ. We want Jesus to be honored and glorified. But Lord, we're not going to go that direction. And we pray that you would be on our side and we'd be on your side. and You'd guide us and lead us and help us to be the kind of Christians this week that we need to be. And God, we pray that somebody would put the phone down and get saved. We pray that they wouldn't act like heathen and just scream and yell and, and fight God. We pray that we'd run into folks with soft hearts. Lead us in the way everlasting, Lord. Give us the same spirit that Caleb had. Help us to fight the good fight of faith. Help us to lay hold on eternal life. And bless our families. Bless our church. Bless our nation. Bless our country, Lord. Please heal our land in Jesus' name. Amen.